A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld or a high as the sky. But Ahaz answered, I will not ask, I will not tempt the Lord. Then Isaiah said, listen, O house of David, is it not enough for you to weary men? Must you also weary my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. The word of the Lord. Let the Lord enter. He is the king of glory. The Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean, who desires not what is vain. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord, a reward from God his Savior. Such is the race that seeks for him, that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Dominus Lexia Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. 
but she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Verbum Domini. I first of all, I'd like to invite you to the Adoration Sodality Day tomorrow at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. Every month, they have a Adoration Sodality Day. For those who are members, you can become a member quite easily by visiting their website, iadorethee.com. And you can participate in the Sisters' Life of Adoration and benefit from that uh, sodality. So tomorrow they're having a sodality day because of the 800th anniversary this year of St. Francis of Assisi setting up that first Christmas crash in Greccio in 1223. And Bishop Emeritus Robert Baker, who is a third order Franciscan, is going to be leading the Adoration Sodality Day and he was, of course, the one who brought the Chinacolo community right near the shrine there. And at 4 p.m., they are going to have a live nativity put on by the Chinacolo community. So it should be a, a wonderful day to prepare, especially for Christmas, with these talks of Bishop Baker, thinking about the devotion of St. Francis of Assisi, and with a live nativity tomorrow at the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament. And you can go to the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament's website to get more details. You know, over the years, I've often wondered what it is like, what, it was, what is it like on December 12th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, what would it be like to be at the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City 
on the actual day. I've seen pictures, I've heard things about the devotion of the people and literally millions of people making their way from all different areas of Mexico to be there on December 12th. And so it was a year ago that EWTN asked Father Leonard and I to do a five-part series and to be there actually on the feast day, which we were this past December 12th. And I was not disappointed. In fact, I was more edified uh, by just this profound devotion of the people and quite surprised, actually, by their enthusiasm and their love and their desire to express their devotion. Uh, the day before, we had the Christmas, Christmas luncheon for our EWTN employees, now seated next to Monse Alvarado, who is the president of EWTN News. And I was telling her, tomorrow I'm going to, to Mexico City. And uh, she lit up because that's where she was born, in Mexico City, and we were talking about Guadalupe. And she was saying that for the Mexicans, it's something very personal, this relationship with Our Lady. And, and so it was. The, uh, one of the guides that was there was talking about how the people are not so much looking for some favor to receive from Our Lady by making their way there, but rather to express their love for her. And so they will write music, they'll write songs, they'll write a poem, and they will travel all the way there just to have the opportunity to sing their songs or to read their poems in the presence of the miraculous tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And as we were traveling back from Puebla, we saw there, and we're traveling up and traveling back, we saw hundreds of people on their way on bicycles, on motorcycles with lights and garland and images of Our Lady of Guadalupe, semi-trucks with the front of the truck having a huge image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And even at night, seeing these semi-trucks in the back door would be open so they could have some air because there's a full of people as they're making their way there to uh, honor Our Lady. One of the pilgrims, we went with the Women of Grace group, and one of the ladies that were, was on that group talked to some of the people that had made their way there, and she said her family had traveled nine days on foot to come there. And this was something they had done for years. And that's the young and the old making their way there. One of my favorite memories there is and perhaps it was from a group near the Gulf of Mexico side of Mexico. They had these huge seashells, these conches, and they were blowing them as we processed in at the mass and at the consecration as a sign of their love and devotion for our Eucharistic Lord and for Our Lady. And so a question can be, now, is this kind of like over the top? Is this like too much? But if we really think about it, if we really think about 
what we are preparing to celebrate, what the Gospels today, the Gospel today spoke of. In our opening prayer, our colleague said this, the Immaculate Virgin received the ineffable word and became the dwelling place of divinity. Think about that for a moment. Mary became the dwelling place of divinity. It's God's initiative. The angel Gabriel is sent from God, sent from God to, an, to a, a virgin, and the virgin's name is Mary. And if we think about the significance of that, and there are some that would say, you know, you Catholics, you pray the Hail Mary too much. <laughs> but really, isn't that all there is to say? That the word became flesh? That Mary became the dwelling place of divinity? And so every year, December 20th, 21st, and 22nd, we have the Annunciation on the 20th today, tomorrow the Visitation, and as those two Gospels where we get the Hail Mary, speaks of the Incarnation, the reality of it. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, says these words. And then the 22nd, Mary's hymn of rejoicing, of praise, her Magnificat. Isn't that all there really is to say? And doesn't everything else really just follow from that? That everything has changed because of that. And it's right that these humble people would just instinctively want to express their, their devotion. What a change that made to their own culture back in the 1500s when Our Lady appeared there and left the miraculous Tilma from human sacrifice and living in fear and trying to appease the angry gods to coming to know God's profound love revealed through the Virgin and the, the child that she conceives in her womb. What a transformation, what a remarkable transformation. And one of my favorite readings of the year is the one that we have today in our Office of Readings from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. What a, what a minstrel of Our Lady he is, and so poetic in his expression of all of creation, all of the world, all of history waiting for, this, for Mary's answer. And so let me just read a, a short portion of that. You have heard, O Virgin, that you will conceive and bear a son, that it will not be by man, but by the Holy Spirit. The angel awaits an answer. It is time for him to return to God who sent him. We too are waiting, O Lady, for your word of compassion. The sentence of condemnation weighs heavily upon us. The price of our salvation is offered to you. We shall be set free at once if you consent. 
And then he expresses a longing and waiting. And we hear that in the old antiphons, these beautiful uh, longings for the coming of the Messiah that we'll hear today as well. And we, we, we've heard it at the O come, O come, Emmanuel verse that we had today, O clavis Davidica, O key of David, unlock the prison, open the heaven, gates of heaven. And so this longing that we're going to hear in the O antiphon, about, um, St. Bernard speaks of this longing of the ages. Tearful Adam with his sorrowing family begs us of you, O virgin, O loving virgin, in their exile from paradise. Abraham begs it. David begs it. All the other holy patriarchs, your ancestors, ask it of you as they dwell in the country of the shadow of death. This is what the whole, war, whole earth waits for, prostrate at your feet. It is right in doing so, for on your word depends comfort for the wretched, ransom for the captive, freedom for the condemned, indeed salvation for all the sons of Adam, the whole of your race. Waiting, please Mary, say yes. And then Bernard concludes with her words that we heard in today's gospel. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And so the opening colic says that following her example, that we too in humility will hold fast to your will. Is there anything else really to say? God through his initiative, he sends the angel Gabriel with this message to invite Mary. She has to freely respond, and she does. Is there anything else left to say? That's why the Franciscans traditionally have prayed the Angelus prayer at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and the end of the day, recalling this most awesome moment of all of human history, and every time you pray, Hail Mary, think about that, that that's the most powerful word we can say. It drives away evil because he dispels the darkness through his coming. Finally, I'd just like to conclude with, again, it's the 800th anniversary of St. Francis of Assisi establishing the first Christmas crash, a living nativity scene in Greccio for the midnight mass, which was held outdoors there in Greccio in Italy. And one of the early biographers, Friar Thomas of Chilano, wrote of that event and how the people had gathered and the friars were singing and it was like the, the rocks and the mountains were echoing their song and the song of the peoples. Mass is celebrated, the priest enjoys a new consolation. Do you remember any consolations of Christmases? Attending the midnight mass, perhaps, or vigil mass, or Christmas day mass. Any particular consolation that the Lord, in a particular way, gives to us, I think, at that time. And here's how he concluded his description of this event, Friar Thomas of Chilano. 
the gifts of the Almighty are multiplied there. And a virtuous man sees a wondrous vision. For the man saw a little child lying lifeless in the manger. And he saw the holy man of God approach the child and waken him from a deep sleep. Nor is this vision unfitting, since the hearts in the hearts of many, the child Jesus has been forgotten. Now he is awakened and impressed on their loving memory by his own grace through his holy servant Francis. At length, the night's solemnities draw to a close, and everyone went home with joy. He had been forgotten. This man has this vision of this lifeless child, and Francis awakens him. And it's by God's grace now, it's brought to our memories. Yeah, this is really all there is to say. That God so loved the world, he sent his only son that all who believe in him might not perish, but have eternal life.